Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 172. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the acclaimed and talented creative team of Bound, Matt and Therese. Hello. Thank you. And Therese, Thank you welcome back. How, how's, how's it going? It's good. It's good. We've had uh, it's been it's been a couple of years. Uh, yeah. It's uh, we're kind of bookending. Uh, we're put, kind of bookending our, our our conversation through. We when we first talked, it was uh, it was a uh, kind of uh, in the beginning of a of a of a pandemic, and now we're mm-hmm. kind of near the end of it. So uh, it's kind of it's it's interesting to see that you know, we're we're back together on uh, on the other <laughs> side of it. Um, yeah. Through that, through that mists and forest and <laughs> darkness, and here we are again. Uh, so, so congratulations! I know when we were when we first talked a couple uh, a couple years ago, uh, you were promoting issue four of Bound, mm-hmm. and now you are well on the way of working on issue seven. Is that what you said? Yeah, we're going we're going to be starting issue seven. We've got a okay. Issue six is a double issue. Um, it's, a, it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Did, I didn't. Yeah. We didn't want to stop it. We'd. Uh, we kind of. We the, at the point we could have stopped it. We've done that a few times, so we didn't want to do that. Like, right. like for a, a sixth time. <laughs> <laughs> so so talk for for those that that are um, that we that that will be a, a, a little unfamiliar of, of of bound. Do you want to? And also anybody that hasn't seen the. The classic episode thirteen of where we met, where Matt and Therese we talked a couple of years ago. Do you want to kind of give people a little bit of a background on on what Bound is and 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 why they should be reading it? Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bound is a science fiction horror post apocalyptic story about um, Natalia Kane. She gets uh, fed on by a demon, Seth, and they become bound together. And she has to spend all 12 issues trying to get rid of him and figure out this whole mystery. And she's seeing monsters. Um, she takes place in the, in the future uh, after the, the final war where she's like in the last, last uh, vestige of human civilization and she kind of starts to see the world unravel around her and she's trying to figure out what's going on. Hmm. It, it is, it is, as you say, there is a bit of a, Oh, what did you call it? A, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic science fiction, supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that captures that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things uh, we put into it that are, Take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mix it all together. Right. Um, um, and, and from the world building perspective, and I, and I, and we know if we, as we talked in your previous interview, that this was kind of created by you and a friend. And after that kind of faded off and, and, mm-hmm. and Therese helped write it, you, you, you got his, you got his blessing to say, yeah, go ahead and keep the story going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know, Earlier, Therese, you were 
really working on the established storyline that was already written up by Matt. Mm-hmm. And now you're in working on episodes, uh, episodes, mm-hmm. you're working on issue seven. How much, uh, for percentile wise, how does it go with the meta plot that the meta plot that Matt came up with? How much of now are we working with, uh, of more of a, more of your storytelling, um, expertise putting into it right now? Yeah, it's definitely shifted. The The broader story, the, the whole main arc is still in his brain. So must wait for pictures. Um, <laughs> but I do, we do the storyboarding together. We do an outline together where he'll jot things down. I'll go put things in. I do a lot of free writes in the world of Bound that aren't actually in the story. And then when we do the storyboarding and we need to get from point A to point C, a lot of the time something I've worked up works in as point B. So like issue six is an issue that has a lot of, a lot more elements that were things that just were from my brain, which was really kind of interesting to write things out and then see him draw them and see what they look like on the page. Um, And, you know, when you write, you write your favorite parts, but he's the lead on the project. So I know sometimes my favorite parts might not go on the story. So when you see him draw (laughs) something in specifically for a favorite part, it feels pretty good. Um, it's definitely shifted, but it's, I don't know, I think it's, I, I can't really put a percentage because it, it varies depending on what we're doing. Yeah, there'll be points where we, like, we have, yeah, like, like she said, point A, <laughs> and I, I might have point A and point C, but we need to bridge them together. Like, how do we get to this other part of the story? And Teresa's is really good with, um coming up with solutions and how she sees it from a different, completely different angle. Um, and yeah, it becomes very collaborative in that way. Um, because I don't think I would see those things without her input. Cause I think, I think all visually. So I'm, I'm imagining all this stuff in my head through images and she can come in and say, well, we need, you know, we can do this or that. And, because you stated that you wanted to have it 12 issues and you mm-hmm. just said that you had your issue six was mm-hmm. kind of double, double side. Uh, what was the, what was the purpose to making that a bigger, uh, a bigger issue? Was it because it's kind of a halfway between when you hit issue six as your 12 issue arc, or is it because you wanted to tell more story and it was just purely story reasoning? Yeah, it was just, um, it didn't seem natural to stop it um, halfway through. I mean, we could have stopped on page 23 instead of page 54, but um, it, it we, we had, we had um, left on kind of cliffhangers like that in previous right. issues. And uh, we didn't, I didn't feel like it was, um, it was a good, good time to repeat that i wanted to keep it going so that we did answer some questions but leave more questions (laughs) um leave leave some of the mystery in there without answering everything and um we want people to have somewhat of an idea of where it's going but um we want to keep them guessing too so um i felt like it it just had it we we'd built so much up the the previous five issues um, that I think we needed to like pay some of it off in the yeah. story. 
and unfortunately that well i mean unfortunately fortunately it's not really a, a bad thing but it became a, a double issue because of that um right. which was a challenge for me especially drawing it <laughs> <laughs> what i love about your storyline is it's so character driven and there's as you you mentioned before as well is that you know what the whole world is you know what's happening mm -hmm. and what what point do you feed as 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 writers might be go to to both of you as writers how important it is to kind of drop feed some world building aspects to the issues as compared to character development i'm thoughtful that's a good question I think sometimes it comes very natural to the story while Matt's drawing it, that mm -hmm. it just evolves on the pages. I think sometimes there's a little bit of logistics of, you know, we don't have quite enough to fit on a whole page. So let's do a little world building and pan out or I'm kind of assuming because he draws all of it. Um, for the story itself, we definitely try to keep pacing between action, world building, character arc, you know, so it's weaving in between. So you don't get so stuck in action that you're exhausted. So you don't get so stuck in character arc. You forgot there were things going on around you. Um, so with the world building and the character, I think we try to definitely just find that balance and sometimes, you know, use them to reinforce each other too. If a character is going through something dark, let's put them in a dark space. If they're coming to something and they're, they're realizing something, let's bring them into a light space. So I think there's a little bit of that too, where you can do both at the same time, which is a space saver, but also good storytelling. Yeah. I've definitely dropped things like, uh, there's, there's a lot of elements of like, like more science fictiony type mm -hmm. stuff and like tech and um things i i would like to uh explore after we finish um book one but uh there's a lot of things like within the city that i kind of had to sacrifice as far as like showing the different um like uh different districts and different like neighborhoods and like the, the different technology that's used. There's a lot of things that are like in my head and I'm sure Therese has mm -hmm. in her head um, and that paper. just don't fit, unfortunately, into Natalia. Natalia's story is very much about her and um, facing um, these creatures, you know? Um, so, and what she's going to experience for the next six issues. So there's not, there's not a whole lot of room for her to, to you know, just to, bring in like the scenery, unfortunately. So uh, in my mind, that, that stuff's okay to just cut, even though I do want it, you know, it's like, I find that stuff cool, like atmospheric stuff and tech technology and just like the, the world itself, I would like to show more of, but unfortunately, like you have to pick your battles and you, know, <laughs> you can't, either, I think the story would, would suffer if we tried to pack everything in. Yeah, you know, it right? definitely would. And is that something that would, and it, would that be something too, is like, as, 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 as you work on it, is this the world itself that you created? Is this something that you would be, you know, also kind of willing to share as like giving people like a, a wiki of 
this is what's available. This is what the world is and creating some story seeds or um, mm-hmm. even looking at uh, creating some sort of like a, some source book material to let people tell side yeah, stories. That's a, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought about that too much, but um, <laughs> I think in, uh, in book two that we were like uh, kind of, slowly planning around uh, as we work on book one um Therese is more more involved she has a better idea of what mm-hmm. things are going to happen there um it's going to be a different story um but it's going to overlap with the current story um and if we can i mean if we can pull it off we think it's going to be be really great because it's kind of unique but um it's going to take place slightly before the current story and then overlap with the current story and then go so, beyond and then just it. go a little bit beyond it too so um right we're hoping to expand on a lot of that stuff and yeah i mean it's it's kind of like it just keeps expanding the the, the tree just keeps growing you know <laughs> from from these these early like very simple seeds it just keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah great well because yeah, absolutely like what's you know what's stopping you all from kind of writing scripts out and then like reaching out to other artists to keep the story yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some, some, I think there's some wiggle room, especially in uh, book two and three, three is just like a, a basic idea at this point, but I think two is shaping up to be, yeah. be to be something where um, some other, other people could get involved. Um, yeah. That's right now. I think there's still that, parental desire to not let our baby out into the world and we don't trust other people with it yet. Right. Um, once book one is established though, and we get book two started, it would be because it is going to explore more of the world in and around the city. So it's, it's going to be there. There's potential where other someone's art style that was similar, but it's not quite the same. Cause we've, you know, we've, we've grown to love Matt's art style. Right. Um, but it would work without feeling awkward or like we like get a bait and switch. Like I think we could layer in other art if we wanted. I'd um, love to get it. That would be really. I'd love to really focus great. on pencils. Um, yeah. I haven't. And now bound is just a hundred percent digital, and I go from rough, rough blue sketch to ink, um, just for time's sake. But um, I really love graphite, and I love the way that penciled comic book pages look. So I'd love to just focus on that. So that's something that we've long thought about just getting someone else to do the inks. And I'd love, we'd love to get a letter or two and mm-hmm. get some other, other team members on if, if that's a, an option. Right. And you do, you do have lots of, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, we, you know, talking about your, your Patreon, you got a great Patreon as well. I've been really, really fortunate to kind of follow it along as well. And, 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 and so, so talk to us a bit about, as you say, as you kind of mentioned earlier, that the, that the, the process of drawing it, how do you, do you all work on writing the entire script first and then start doing page by page? Talk, talk to us a bit about, again, like your, your process of how you would create an issue. Um, well, I, 
I'll write a very rough, just like almost like bullet points of what needs to happen mm -hmm. um, per issue or per, per chapter. Um, and Teresa and I will sit down and kind of flesh it out a little bit. Uh, for the last couple of issues, I've written more detailed outlines of like what I want on each page. Um, mm. And then I will, I'll, I'll do really rough thumbnails of mm -hmm. the whole thing. Like in one or two sittings, I'll just do the whole, I'll do every, every little page will be a little tiny, like two by two thumbnail. And then from that, I will start working on uh, more detailed uh, rough pages. Um, and now with technology, I would just start inking them right over the the roughs instead of where I used to actually physically draw it on Bristol board with, you know, two H graphite and uh, then ink over that with real ink. Um, it just, it just seemed to take way too long because I was really like fussy with the pencils and mm. I wanted, I wanted them to look a certain way, even though they're going to be inked over, like, you know, um, I would get too fixated on them. So now I really don't have much of a choice, but to try and make, go straight to the inks and make it look with the way, hopefully the way I want it to. Right. Right. It's a little, a little messy. Um, things are not quite where I, I want them to be in terms of like <laughs> uh, consistency and um, kind of there, there's that fine line. I was looking at um, some of Will Eisner's inks um, who made the spirit. He's like, you know, yeah. a legend. Uh, but he, towards the end of his career, he, when he was just doing his own things, um, it seemed like he 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 was fine with some messier pages, and I'd love to get to the point where I I feel the same <laughs> way because <laughs> I look at other people's stuff and it you know they they definitely there's a lot of like energy there and it's not like this really clean like rigid lines and I'm completely fine with someone else doing that but when I look at my own I'm like ugh <laughs> I need to I need to I need to hone my skills more because I like, I just I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get to that point where I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I had in mind. But um, it, it remind us also, like you, you, you talked in our last interview about the, 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 the words itself, the, the scripting on there, and that was a you can discuss a bit about the uh, that the the language that you've been putting into it as well. Yeah, we wanted to use. Um, I liked I like katakana in manga. I like this, the sound effects. Um, nice. I think they look, just aesthetically look look better. Um, so I, I wanted to like bridge those those two worlds because I do have I have Western influences um, from Western comics um, comics from the United States, and I have a lot of influences from Japan too. So I wanted to kind of bridge those those two worlds and and. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like, I love the way that Katakana looks and I feel mm. like you can get a little more creative with it. I'm not a letterer. So um, just like doing my own block letters of sound effects would not, <laughs> I don't think it would work as well. 
And I kind of wanted to wanted to look a little bit more international too, so where you didn't know quite know where it was or where it was taking place or what the what the future might hold. Right. And so you've been doing this now, as you said, you're working on issue seven now. Um, issues one through six are available. What are some of the things I'm just curious to, to both of yours uh, looking at the first issue? Is there anything that you would say, ah, man, we could have done that. I, I learned now that, you know, when we're working on issue seven, mm-hmm. not, is there anything that, that when you look at it, because as you, you both are, are, um, you, you both are, uh, you know, basically perfectionist, perfectionist when it comes to your work. Is there anything that you were like, I really want to, uh, I wish I, I, I know now not to do this or that. What are some of those things that you see in your first few issues? Yeah, there's no, I mean, visually there's no end to, to what I feel like. <laughs> um, if, uh, especially early on, cause you, you, I think you probably have that first, uh, version of bound um Mm -hmm. where it was very like dark um i used a lot of tone i used like way too much gray tone uh or you know uh cg zipatone um yeah so there was a lot of that stuff over time and i did like end up redrawing a bunch of pages from the first issue um but uh there's a lot of stuff that I've learned, especially over the last few years about typography and getting word balloons to look um, more, you know, legible. They're not too close to the edge of the balloon. They're not, you know, too far away, trying to get all the spacing between letters. And that's, I think that's where in the, in the future, if we could get a real letter would Mm -hmm. really, uh, I think improve the experience overall because some of it's not very consistent. We're relying on the computer to, to try and tweak everything, which has its advantages also. But I feel like there's something about real when someone can do the real lettering that there's like a consistency throughout. So like on your first issue here, was this real that the lettering here, is that. That was, uh, I believe, um adobe indesign okay the lettering in that now i use affinity um just because it's cheaper but um affinity publisher right yeah so talk to us a bit about that how you what what's the that that final you get from you know therese you as that point where you say here's here's the manuscript like here's mm-hmm. here's what i read out do you actually have like your comic script does it say panel one word how does that he usually when he scripts them sometimes he'll include page numbers um i will go through and in my version of it the versions that we send back and forth to each other are very inconsistent um <laughs> i will a lot of times put in a lot of notes of page one panel one panel two panel three or sometimes if there's a lot of panels, I'll be like second to last panel on the page. Um, but we also sometimes don't, might not specify panels if we don't quite know where it's gonna land. And so sometimes it's it's broken down very tiny little detail. And sometimes it's like pages 18 through 20. And then here's the script and we'll figure out what goes. Because even 
I don't think it will ever stop being a thing. We'll script it. We do, you know, he does his really brief outline. We, it goes back and forth, but I play with it a lot while he's drawing and we go back and forth a few times, but every single time there are things he draws that no longer need to be said. So there is sometimes dialogue that needs to be cut. Sometimes because he drew that, the other dialogue needs to be changed. And right. so the script really is kind of, it's, I try to make it look nice and organized. There's always at least one version that looks organized and it's usually the version that's least like what ends up on the page. Cause I do all the fucky, you know, formatting and stuff while he's drawing because I'm the writer and that just doesn't take as long. Um, and then once we actually get down to like putting stuff on the page, the, the script just gets rougher and rougher looking and, and numbers drop off and it'll be page 18 and all of a sudden it's page 24 and you're like, just, trying to figure out and sometimes I can't even tell like I'll know that like certain dialogue we wrote together and that he knows exactly which panel but there's so much expression I'm like ooh, does it go in this one or this one which facial expression is going to capture it and I have a feeling he knew that when he drew it so sometimes it's a little tricky that way too there are things that I like don't quite know where to put them because I can't I can tell there's something very specific that he was thinking when he drew it so it's definitely yeah i have to kind of recite the lines in my head as i'm drawing them so like i it's it's weird it's it's like a movie in my head kind of so i see them you know reciting the lines and i try to capture that on the page um and i try to follow a little bit of like a formula of where the eye is going to go um so like it doesn't always fit with what therese had in mind mm -hmm. um but we, I think we, somehow things just work out sometimes. Yeah, it like definitely. You, 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 on paper, you'd think, oh, this is never going to fit on this. Like, it's not going to. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely one of the things we have improved on since the first issue is because I feel like the first issue or two, sometimes we flip the page and this has to be set on this page. And there's like nowhere to put a balloon without blocking <laughs> something we really liked. So I do feel like that is one of the improvements. There's more yeah. more space to fit stuff in. Um, it is amazing to me sometimes, though, that, yeah, we'll have, you know, two pages fully typed, you know, maybe like single spaced. And how do we get it all on one page drawn? And then it all fits in and flows and it looks great. And yeah, there is that kind of like happy accidents kind of. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. But yeah, that's one of the things I think over time I got to be more conscious of like there's got to be word balloons on this page i can't just draw <laughs> and not not think about the background sometimes it doesn't i definitely doesn't remember work, one of the, it was one of the first three issues too where you drew a box for words to go in mm -hmm, and i don't yeah. think we even had words yet we were like <laughs> we have to put something there <laughs> so that's a good point so talk to i'm really curious also about from what type of advice would you give for for someone that, like a someone who wants to make a comic and says, "Hey, you know what? My partner wants to go in on me on on making this comic book." Um, what would be your advice or boundaries, or what would you what would what would you be if somebody says if someone came to you and says, "My partner wants to work with me on a comic book"? What are what would be your advice to them, I guess? Um, I would, uh, one of the most important things is to be like open-minded and accepting of criticism and 
other people's ideas. Um, I mean, if you, if I feel very strongly about something, I basically have to like sell it to mm-hmm. Therese. If she wants to change the line or something, then I have to be like, well, this is why I thought this, this worked. Um, <clears throat> because it, I think it's something that you build over time that you really, if you don't, you don't take it personally you don't, you don't get defensive. You don't get into arguments about the creative process because it is, it is both like personal, but it's also like a, a, a team effort between the two of us. So <clears throat> having that like trust to where mm-hmm. you can both tell each other or multiple people um, everything that's on your mind and how you feel about everything. It might not always go that way. It might not change, but you at least have to have that like safe environment to where you can have creative freedom and not worry about someone always like shooting down your ideas or someone always appeasing your, your ideas because they don't want to, they're afraid to hurt your feelings or something. I think for, the sake of whatever you're working on, um, everyone has to be like open and honest about about it. I I really don't like the uh, the good enough um, mentality where you know you're just like oh it doesn't really work but it's fine it's good enough. Um, I don't I don't ever want to be that. I don't want to have that attitude uh, as far as bound goes. Um, right. Um, so that's 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 rather important yeah because you're not going to work well together if you can't trust each other the Um, other thing i would add to that is knowing who's in charge because you need to have one person who's the lead that when it does come down to a coin toss someone needs to be in charge it helps me immensely knowing that matt is the lead on this project So it means when I write a script, I don't get emotionally attached to things. I just assume he could redline anything at any point. If I really like it, I file it away and it might work later. Um, And that makes writing a lot more comfortable for me. But again, just because he's in charge of it doesn't mean he always gets the last say. We really do have to sell ideas to each other. Mm. And especially when something feels like it's not working to one of us. I can't tell you how many times I have pulled the grammar book off the shelf and discovered that I was wrong and he was right. And that is not how you use that word or punctuation. And, and it's great. And I learn and I grow because I don't go, well, I'm the writer. So you can't correct my, my spelling or word usage. Um, it, you have to be open to that criticism and you have to be aiming for the best and not just good enough of, well, yeah, it might not be technically correct, but everyone uses it that way. So we should put it in. Like we really do want to have that, that high bar and knowing that whatever your goals are, whether you want that high bar or it is a project that you just can be just good enough because you're just kind of messing around or whatever, you know, if that's what it is, as long as everyone's on the same page with it. Um, But that clear communication that, that you'll still get a little defensive sometimes um that is a human reaction to things but being knowing I can walk in at any point in time look at something and go I don't like how that's drawn right there that is distracting me on the page or I don't know what you're going for on this page but my eye goes there and sometimes that's what he's going for and sometimes it's not and it's the same thing with words of I write something I think it's great but if you read it with a different inflection it could come across wrong or offensive or something and like we don't want that even if I like how it sounds in my head if it doesn't sound good in his head, then that means readers 
other readers like him will have that experience and we don't want that. So right. I think, yeah. yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I can come to Therese with just about any drawing and say, what doesn't, what doesn't work here? Like if I'm not sure if, if I don't feel like, if I feel like something looks weird or, you know, maybe Natalia's shoulders too, too big on the left there. Like, um, I'll ask Therese how she feels about it. Does it look okay? Does it, does it, does it look wrong? Sometimes things just need to look correct. They don't actually have to have to be correct, mm -hmm. especially when in drawing, like hmm. your, your mind kind of fills some things in. So you don't have to have every single detail on the building, you know, to, to, for people to know it's a building. Um, right. So um, I can come to her and be like, does this, does this bother you? Does this look okay? Um, there's that, again, there's that, that trust um, that I think is really important because otherwise you're kind of walking on eggshells or you're, you're just letting someone else decide what the, uh, mm -hmm. what the outcome is, which is fine. I mean, if you're, if you're just doing a, a job, then you do the best you can and hope they, hope they like it. But with, with this, I think it's, I think it's kind of, it's close to our hearts. Um, so I kind of go with my gut with a lot of stuff. And I think um, sometimes if something doesn't feel right to you, I think, yeah, you kind of have to listen to that. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a long, very long-winded <laughs> answer to your question. Um, yeah, like I think trust is a huge is a huge thing when when you're starting a project with someone. So this has been a this has been a very you know a, a long-term you know, project doing this. <laughs> How, how much of this now is as you're working on it is you're thinking about wanting to tell your story and how much of this is that we put into it from the script and the drawing to uh, for a reader for the sake of a reader and not for the sake of for you wanting to finish your story. Yeah, I think some of that stuff uh, we talked about earlier with like the world building mm -hmm. and, um uh, I don't want to make those same mistakes that um, I've seen over the years of, of things that I loved that just, you know, went in different directions that, mm. that turned me off. Right. So I think a lot of that stuff, it's kind of like, um, do we show more of the city and do we show Natalia in that environment? And do we um, do a little bit of slower pacing and a little bit of just like atmospheric pages that aren't filled with action or, or story or do we drive the story forward and do we, do we get to the next the next point of the story um there's a i don't know it's trick tricky to find a balance um but again i, I just kind of go with my gut and what i would want to see um happen next kind of yeah, it's definitely when the, the script and the, the drawings come together, I think is when we consider the reader the most of, is this going to flow? Is it going to make sense? Is it going to deliver on the promise when they picked up that first issue and they started it? Are they going to read in issue six? Is it still going to feel like the same series or is it going to feel like a different kind of story? So kind of like Matt said, we ended a, you know, a couple issues on cliffhangers and that was our rhythm. And that rhythm, you know, can be comfortable because you know what to expect, but also you need to actually finally deliver something too. You can't just keep leaving people on cliff cliffhangers. You have to actually give them some substance. 
Yeah. I, I think, think definitely issue six, we definitely Yeah, issue six definitely like it doesn't I don't say it ties up loose ends because that's not what happens, but you finally get deli- some of the p- things that have been promised, some of the things that you've been shown a little bit of really start to come round um, right. full circle. And, and you kind of have your, by the end of the issue, I think you've got a really good foot on what the world can do, what can happen in this world. So, you know, once issue seven starts, you kind of really know what things are at risk, what things you know, what Natalia is really up against, what kind of world it is. I think issue six definitely ends up kind of finishing the definition of the world she lives in, of, you know, Seth being there, of the other creatures and and a few other things too that you'll see when it's when it's out because it's still at the printer. But um, I think that's definitely, oh, sorry, I just remembered issue six. I really love it. It really does. It really does cinch up a lot of things that I think, as we're putting it together, we we definitely went through too, and we're like, okay, is this? Have we like Natalia doesn't refer to Seth by name in the oh, earlier sure. issues, so when the first time she does, we make sure that we know that she like how she got that information because you don't want your reader to be like, wait, she's known his name this whole time. Why has she never used it? Like you don't want people distracted. And so going through and paying just, I went back through all the issues and I'm like, okay, has she used it? Nope, not at all. We need to make sure when she uses it, that it just fits and it's not going to hang anyone. No one's going to get distracted by the fact that she's all of a sudden using his name. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we put the words on the page and stuff, that really is when we start thinking about our reader and and what are they going to experience and are they going to feel that we've delivered on that promise early on. At least that's when I feel like I think about the reader the most. And that Mm -hmm. lets us make a better story because if we write what we like and if we draw what we like and if we're putting in the things that we like and from our heart, then we have great material to work with because if we like it, someone else will too. If we are focused on the reader for the whole thing, we would end up with something that I just, it wouldn't be able to have the heart that right. Brown really has at all. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. You wouldn't no, enjoy yeah, it would be, it would be a calculated yeah. mess. I think, and- I think that's another bit of advice I would give is I don't worry too much about other people's, Mm-hmm. Um, opinions because you can't please everyone and mm-hmm. even the people that might be into bound at the moment they might lose interest they might they might not like where the story is going and you know we can't really do anything to prevent that it's just the nature of 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 being uh, you know reading something or being a fan of something that it's not always going to please everybody and it's not always going to have that mass appeal but um as long as we feel that it's still going in the right direction and we still have a passion for it every every time we work on it then it's 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 all good right right cool so if people want to check out your work what's the best place that they can go to um probably patreon um our website is a good place to start um hexapus-inc.com um patreon slash hexapus inc all one word um is a good good place to start i do have like public posts on there um so people can can see some of i think they can see all of issue one and two yeah um, 
and uh, Global Comics, we have bound up for free um, for the time being. Okay. Um, uh, issues one through five are all up there on globalcomics.com. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we've had a lot of um, a, a, a great response on Global Comics, um, which is, I think... I saw that you had some more part listed as most popular of 2020 sci-fi. Yeah. Um, which was a surprise cause we really did like zero advertising. For it. <laughs> um, it didn't, I didn't really promote it. it. Just put it on global comics and, um, yeah, kind of, uh, caught people's attention and which was right. great. Um, it was definitely unexpected and, it was it was yeah, nice it was a nice surprise because we put so much of our our heart and soul into it and to see people respond to it was was really great. Yeah, congratulations! I mean, that was something they said most popular twenty twenty one. Yeah, comic yeah. for sci fi comics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a really nice surprise, especially at the end of the year, and you know it was a rough couple of years, so. Right. To know that uh, what we were doing is, is resonating with people, no, no pun intended. Like but. Matt said, we, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't do any promotion for it. So it was really, really reassuring to see the story that we love just take off on its own. It, it you know, the story was engaging people because those are, there's a lot, you know, issue one has, of course, the most, most clicks and everything. But a lot of people have gone through everything that's up all through issue five. And that's, that just feels good knowing that our story is engaging and, and people, you know, what we're doing, doing it the way we want to do it is working. And it's working in a way that does let us reach other people, like tell the story that people are going to read it. So it was, it was really exciting last year when we hit number one for sci-fi and then we did hit number one for the year of, of all of them, especially up against, you know, some of the other comics that are in there too there's some right there's some big ones there's some major publishers with step up so to see us you know kind of rise to the top was really really good feeling yeah that's amazing yeah you got like like image so mm -hmm. yeah got some image books there and you are you beat out like image titles yeah, like, yeah it was it was it was like almost like, is this real? Is this like, <laughs> am I just not reading this right? Well, the first time Matt told me the number that we had was like, I think it was like in the fifty thousands or something. I didn't understand that metric, and I thought that was just the number of times a spontaneous ad popped it up on someone's phone, and didn't realize that was actually people clicking it and oh, going wow. to it. And then I like logged in to do it. I'm like, this is, this is people have read this. And it was it was really really crazy and really cool to see it so kind of widely accepted. Um, yeah, you, you put something out there, and and you you probably experienced this as well. Like, you put a lot of work into something, and you put it out there, and you hope that people will take notice. But right. there's no guarantee that yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. And so, and you got uh, there's a there's an interview that that was on there too under mm -hmm. on, on global comics that people can check out as well so yeah so congratulations on on winning on getting that most popular most popular 2021 sci-fi and looking forward to checking out when uh you know issue seven comes out and 
so on and so forth. So you're you're we're, you're going to have to come back on. You guys got you. Yeah. You two of you are going to have to come back on and really talk about you know, as uh, as your newer issues come out too. So yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Perfect. So so yeah. So hexapus incom yeah. is a good landing page. And as you said, you got a great Patreon. People should definitely be able to check out your Patreon page. Um, always active, which is, which is always really appreciated. And um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so thanks a lot for coming back on and uh, um, we'll, we'll have to touch base again as you've got a few more issues out. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us. It's always a good, well, good time talking with you. You said earlier that in a previous interview we met with you that you're going to make it a 12 issue run. Mm -hmm. And so why make the, right, let me, uh, I'm going to timestamp this so then I can edit this part. I stumbled that <laughs> way when I, when I talk, I'll seem just straight across. I'm like, wow, he's just so succinct in his question. <laughs> <laughs>